car bumper stickers and like maybe a few things but nobody now, crazy well, yeah. hang on maybe we need to shoot some shots of tennessee tennesseans because they, they kind of flipped the things. switch real quick yeah, that's true. um the titans really kind of turned it up and Tannehill and henry and everybody was doing their thing you could really see the city get around them and behind them Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian, those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Welcome you guys back inside the studios of WNSC, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming to you live worldwide inside the studios of WNSC, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, hosted by myself and Michael Gray, my ride partner from the DNV. Mike, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Uh, good day, man. How's everything going for you? We shoot nothing but the best here. It's trying hot, of course, but... uh you know, <laughs> we're always ready to go. Um, how about yourself, my man? Yeah, always always ready to go. We got a great show today, man. It's been a lot of good basketball in the bubble. Things getting closer and closer to playoff action. So it's, 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 been, it's been a dope time in sports, that the fact that we got basketball back and things like that. A dope back in sports for sure. That's actually our theme for tonight, how sports has rebounded well from the pandemic um, that has been going on these last five weeks. And speaking of the bubble and playoffs – the playoff starts August 17th, this upcoming Monday. But before we get there, Mike, there's a lot of things that have to get situated. The race for eighth in the Western Conference, as it stands now, it seems like the Grizzlies have hold their own and control their own destiny to play in that play-in playoff spot, potentially against the Blazers, but they got to get their end of the bargain done tonight. We got the Suns, who officially are 8-0, Devin Booker, Riding that hot hand that Phoenix got, and also the coaching of Monty Williams, and but they need some help to get in, Mike, along with Popovich Spurs. So when we talk about the race for the West and that eighth seed, how do you see it panning out, Mike? Oh, it's tough, man. I definitely see, um, you know, Phoenix took care of business earlier, dominating Dallas, and then you have um, the Brooklyn Nets and the Trail Blazers playing tonight to control. But I really, uh, I definitely see Portland possibly getting in. I mean, Memphis. Memphis has fallen off the map as far as we're concerned in the bubble. You know, the games have gotten real tight for them, and their their lack of experience and their lack of uh, of veteran depth is, is showing in this bubble. And, um, you know, I love what I've seen from Portland. I love what I'm seeing from Phoenix. I see uh, either one of those teams coming out of the AC potentially with a lot of help, like you said, 
for, from from the Spurs, the Phoenix Suns need a lot more help than Portland does. But, but I see, I definitely see a possibility where Portland wins tonight against Brooklyn, and they potentially get that eighth seed. Yeah, well, as it stands now, the Grizzlies just knocked off the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh. So now pressure is on the Blazers. So actually, the Grizzlies held their end of the bargain 26 and 19 for Valenciunas, and Dylan Brooks had 31. Oh, wow. So actually, yeah, so now pressure on the Blazers to get in. But of course, they would need some help when we're talking about the Suns and the. Uh, uh, Spurs here for sure. That's looking for their 23rd straight, Mike. 23rd straight playoff appearance under Greg Popovich. Um, but we've seen some great basketball, Mike, and um, it, we're winding down to the end. Anything that's caught your attention uh, uh, this last couple of weeks as we wind down the regular bubble season and head to the postseason? Yeah, it's just how, how it seems like how fluid and how calm. Uh, a lot of these players look playing in the bubble, you know. Like we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Sebi. It kind of gives you an AAU feeling a little bit, you know, right. with some of these guys and how there's no crowd and it's a, a smaller gym, not really a smaller court, but the gym size is smaller than the usual NBA arena. And it just it just, it just seems how uh, you you have all these young breakout mm-hmm. stars coming out. Uh, they're performing well in the bubble when their teams need them most. I mean, you think about Darius Brasley for the Oklahoma City Thunder, three straight twenty point games. Uh, for, for these last three, and you know Tyler Harrell just had his career <clears throat> high last night, and it's, just, it's it's so many different young players that are coming out and playing at a very high level, and man, we expected this because there's, you know eight games left in regular season until the playoffs start, so you knew the intensity was going to be high from the jump in the bubble. We just didn't know how long it would take for these players to knock the rust off. Uh, doing seeing as how they had four months off uh, due to COVID, but. At the same time, I just love what I, I just love seeing these young guys uh, take their games to the next level, and, and a lot of it's a lot of heavy competition. You can't really go into any game. I know we're gonna go to the playoffs, but you couldn't go into any game against any team and say, "Oh, this is an easy matchup." No, it's competitive basketball through and through throughout the entire league, and everybody's showing it so far. Yep, they have been showing it for sure, and even for the teams that didn't get a chance to. Uh, get themselves into the playoffs um, or we don't think that are going to have a big time in the playoff. Talk about the Nets. They've been very impressive. Oh, yeah. Talk about guys like uh, uh, Lavert when <laughs> KD and then Kyrie come back next year. You're talking about a third option with, with obviously, Karis Lavert who can run pick and roll. And then you got a sharpshooter like Joe Harris. Obviously, if he, if they re-sign him back, yep. I think, you know, that bodes well for the Nets. Also, with the health of Spencer Dinwiddie mm-hmm. to see if they can do something next year. Um, guys, they've gotten contribution from Chioza off the bench. And so that's a team to me that's it's caught my eye, too. That's probably not going to make a lot of noise um, maybe this year. But years to come, I think Brooklyn has something popping out there. Yeah, you're absolutely right about Brooklyn. Yeah, we, we knew it with all the injuries that they had with the top-heavy players. And then you had the players that caught COVID right before the bubble started. You knew that Karis Levert was going to be the the main guy on the on the on their catalyst for how they were playing the bubble. And they've surprised a lot of teams. I think not only have they surprised fans, I think they surprised surprised some of their opponents that they played as well because you know, ah. this is this is this is a well oiled machine. Like this 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 team, yes, it, it seems like no matter who they have out there on the court, no matter what the lineup is, they they they're a cohesive unit and they lock in with each other and it just seems like a, a well oiled system that's in place and everybody's bought into it. You know, they don't they don't force much you rarely see any one-on-ones. You just see a lot of ball movement, a lot of creating for each other, a lot of man movement. 
it's 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 a it's a very well oiled machine they have in Brooklyn right now. And uh, when they do get their stars back next year, it's it's going to be scary for the Eastern Conference. Yep, it, it should be uh, definitely scary for them as well. Let's talk about the Western Conference, right? Um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the players later, but Damian Lillard and, and Portland, what they've been doing. Um, they talk about the Suns and Devin Booker, the type of <laughs> type of uh, streak that he's been on as well. Um, that's for the lower seeds, but some of the upper enchilant teams as well has been making some noise. We talked about Denver uh, being a team that uh, uh, could surprise some teams in a postseason, and uh, we're, obviously we talk about Jokic and Jamal Murray, but I've seen Jeremy Grant and growth with MPJ as well. So. What do you think about, you know, the destiny that holds for the Denver the Nuggets? The Denver Nuggets are a team that, because, like you said, of the emergence of a Michael Porter Jr., what he's done in the bubble, and the emergence of a, of a Jeremy Grant. I mean, man, this this team, you're just talking about added depth, of, along with Bowl Bowl and what he brings to the table. This team is it's just added depth, that Sebi. This is Denver team that, with a head coach by Mike Malone, and I love his energy on the bench. His energy, you can tell he just – He's one of those coaches you would run, you run through a brick wall for, and along with that coaching, his the the player development over there in Denver, um, these guys are these guys are very special. You know that Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. We know what we're gonna get out of them when crunch time, when things are, are getting tight. But the depth and the experience of what they went through going through a game seven last year makes this team very scary coming up. And it really depends on the matchup who they who they will go against assuming they get out their first-round matchup and who they would match up with in the second round, who they could potentially match up with in a round later than that. It's, it's all about the matchup, man. This team is scary, and they can compete with anybody in the West. Yep, they can compete with everybody in the West for sure. They showed that last night for three quarters against the Clippers. And, of course, obviously, uh, you know, PG and George got it <clears throat> cooking oh, yeah. late here as well um, this year. Other news in different sports, Mike, um, you talk about the college football playoffs. And, and the college football, rightfully in its own, probably having issues right now. The NCAA um, and, and certain conferences have already ruled out the possibility of having a season in the Pac-12, the Big Ten. Um, you talk about the likes of Oregon, SC. Talk the likes of a potentially Heisman Trophy candidate this year, Justin Fields in Ohio State. Um, teams like Michigan with John Har- Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, uh, not being able to play this year. What's your take on college football in their stance right now? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's very up and down. And you're starting to see some of the players, uh, just like the NFL players, came out on social media and spoke their concerns about the lack of assertiveness and health. You're starting to see these college football players start to come out and speak their minds about the lack of assertiveness from these uh, the NCAA as far as the, how they're going to protect these players during the season, assuming we have a season. It's it's a lot of up in the air, a lot, a lot of controversy. It's a lot of things that they need to figure out. And, uh, you know, they, they've had time to figure this out, and we've yet to come to a conclusion yet. Maybe we're still in the process, but we've, we've yet to have a, a true update about what's really going on, how we're going to format this, how the players are going to be protected. All we think, all they're thinking about now, all we hear, all we seem to see, all we seem them to care about is the dollar bill, and that's that's all the NCAA has heard of. So, when it comes to right now, it's so much up and so much uncertainty up in the air about what they're going to do as far as how they're going to protect these players. And I'm just I'm just not sure, Sebi, what it's looking like. And the more I see, I see continuous conferences tell us we're not they're not going to have uh, certain sports and they're not going to have certain championships and things of that nature. So. It's, it, we'll see, man. It's really a lot of up in the air and a lot of uncertainty. But at the same time, 
we want to see sports. The players want to play. The players are putting so much work. They want to play. But at the same time, there's a bottom line that has to be made, and their safety has to come before everything. Yep, it has to be done uh, as well, Mike. The, the safety of the players um, have to be taught. We'll talk about um, the safety of the NCAA next on our next segment here with our featured guest for tonight. But um, there are other conferences. You talk about the Big 12, the SEC as right. well, and the ACC. Um, they're, they're very optimistic about a fall and potentially maybe postponing it for spring. We'll see if the other conferences abide by those confines and rules as well. But I, I would say right now, uh, you know, the NCAA and college football, we're definitely having um, to, to see if there's even going to be a, a, a a season in general. And a matter of fact, right. Mike, you know, they've had all this time <laughs> and not <laughs> figuring out what they're going to do. We might not even have a college football playoffs. You talk about right. a condensed season that they're having. And, and we haven't even thought about college football playoffs and uh, to crown a champion. So it's things to uh, definitely look forward um, in the next upcoming months right now as some conferences are going to play and some conferences are postponing things till spring. Exactly. And, 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 and that's, that's the big question. If you, if you like, because you don't have a college football player, when, when would you do that? Would you postpone it till spring? And if you post, and if you do have a college football playoff in spring, whenever you have it, is it going to be the same format? Are you going to change the format and do it a different way? It's, it's a lot of questions that, that are, that are going to be answered real soon. Yep. It's a lot of questions. That's going to be real, real soon, but we might get some help, Mike. We might get some help to get some answers next because our next guest, Chad and Steph from GG Talk Sports, joins us to talk everything sports. We might just never know who's coming. <laughs> the Savvy Podcast Radio Show live inside the studios of WNSC. bumper stickers and like maybe a few things but nobody now, crazy. Well, yeah. hang on maybe we need to shoot some shots of tennessee tennesseans because the they kind of flipped the thing. switch real quick yeah, that's true. um the titans mm -hmm. really kind of turned it up and Tannehill and henry and everybody was doing their thing you could really see the city get around them and behind them gotcha. when when you talk about memphis i think of memphis i think of a city that had the struggle you talk you talk about martin luther king dying in 68 uh there you talk about Zebo and, and Conley, they brought this grind, this struggle. And then I think Ja and this team, too, uh, with the young Grizzlies team, they're hungry. They want to make a name for themselves, like, you know, John Morant from Murray State. You got Dylan Brooks, undervalued from Oregon. You know, these guys are really hungry. Do you see that same type of mentality as in the grit and grind of Memphis of this team with Nashville, where you guys are at. Do you want to say that um, I can go. So <laughs> I would say there's a different level of it for sure in Memphis. I think when you just mentioned the city and everything you said about the history there, there's just a different aspect to that city that Nashville doesn't really have. So like when you're in Memphis, you get yeah. a really cool like vibe of just the history there and like what everybody has gone through. And like you said, even just the players on the Grizzlies are like coming from not the easiest path to get them there. They're not, I mean, there are quite a few Duke players on there I will say but <laughs> I do think like a lot of their players didn't just come from you know the first round draft pick 
um, or the like number one college or top five yeah. college um, for basketball. So or even a high school. I mean, you could even start yeah. as low as a, a low high school recruit that now is making their name. So no, I, I agree. I think it's really fun to see. Sorry, I kind of cut you off. No, I didn't mean to do that. But um, no, yeah, I think you're spot on with that. Nashville is so different than Memphis. Yeah. I mean, when you go into Memphis, you, you're able to see the history, the grit, the grind, the the accomplishments that the city has gone through. And also sometimes the downsides that the city has gone through, because not every single thing is, is, you know, ups and ups and ups. There's always sometimes that, that Memphis has had struggles, like you said. So it's great to be able to see that. But like, I mean, it, it's not really like that in Nashville, which is kind of, maybe it's because Nashville is kind of a melting pot. It's such a diverse it's grown um, so rapidly city that's grown. Too, that yeah. I think that a lot of, I don't know if the history has been lost per se, but I just think that the focus has shifted pretty shifted pretty heavily in Nashville away kind of from where Nashville started. Yeah, it's coming back though. I will say it's it's slowly making its way back, hopefully. Yeah, developed cities for sure. They're still developing there for sure. Although I find it interesting, uh, two Texan supporters in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was going to say, yeah, we're, we're definitely – probably under that same category as most of the Titans people that we just called out. We are going to be bandwagon Titans fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I guess we're technically, we've been Grizzlies fans for longer than since we've lived yeah, here. Yeah, true. You but used to go to Memphis. The rejuvenation, that is true. As, as, as a kid, I used to go to those games all the time. It was so much fun to see. But I think the rejuvenation of that program is what really brought us to him. The excitement of Jaw. He is a talent beyond a talent that Memphis could have ever dreamed of getting. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I think that yeah. what he's bringing to the table for not just the organization, but the city is really cool to see. Nice. Yeah, sure. Speaking of Ja, and um, <laughs> we've opened that page, uh, with, how do, with the eighth seed up for grabs right now, obviously we know what happened today. They won um, against the uh, Bucks, a much-needed one that they needed to kind of secure their spot in the play-in playoffs before the – NBA playoffs um as in terms of them the Blazers the Spurs um the Suns who are red hot here how do you see that panning out in the eighth and final yeah, spot so the conference? I, I feel like I don't want to say it but I feel like it's just going to be the Grizzlies Blazers I feel like the Blazers are going to win in one um and, and I don't do you feel the same way about that yeah I do I think too many of the Grizzly players like key players I guess it's technically just two key players but I think that they're hurt and that's really going to hinder them against like a Portland team you can so. see it really mess with their rhythm and I Steph and I were actually talking about this while we were watching the Grizzlies play and also side by side watching the Suns play it's really sad that the Grizzlies won one out of seven games and it was the last game two, two I yeah. guess two sorry technically won two games to push them in I don't know. I just feel like the Suns deserve it. Still, it's up for grabs. There's still, honestly, we still have tonight. The Blazers yeah. could lose to the Nets. You never know. I hope not. But. I hope not. But um, so no, I think it definitely is probably going to be the Grizzlies, the Blazers. But I feel like it should have been the Blazers and the Suns. Which out of those teams you've been most impressed with? I, I, you know, you talk about the Spurs, Greg Popovich, their streak right now of 22 straight appearances in the playoffs. I mean, this Monty Williams young led phoenix team came out of nowhere and i to me i think phoenix is the one team that benefited off of every team because reduced travel you don't have to go back and forth from the eastern time zone to the western time zone 
I think they are in a bubble format. You get Devin Booker all focused on basketball along with DeAndre Ayton. So which out of these four teams has impressed I would agree with you. I think the Suns have definitely impressed me the most because nobody had any expectations for them. I think Devin Booker even said that in his post-game interview. It's like, we just came in here to get better. And apparently they had already gotten better before they ever even arrived because they were extremely impressive. And I think like the Spurs, you have Pop and you have DeMar DeRozan. Like you would expect greatness out of those two people on a team and I think you would expect them to be able to like carry a team at least to some success but like you said with a young coach and a very young team I don't think anybody expected it so I've been most impressed with them for sure yeah I think I have to agree I mean it's hard to argue with the Suns and what they were able to do but I do want to kind of throw in the Blazers because without this break and getting Nurkic healthy and I think just their whole team healthy in general skinny mellow skinny mellow um so I, I got to give the credit to the Blazers as well because what they've been able to do, I mean, and like Dame asked. I was going to say, Dame asked for a shot. They gave him a shot, and he's definitely, I mean, making the most out of it. Right, right. Go ahead, yeah, Mike. definitely. Uh, what what would be the biggest uh, underdog? I want to say, I don't want to say underdog team, but outside of the Suns, what would be one of those teams where that nobody have huge expectations from that you're surprised from because for me it's the Brooklyn Nets. I wasn't I would be I was surprised at how well the Brooklyn Nets have played, especially the last three or four games or so. Just how well they look like as a cohesive unit. But outside of the Suns, what is one team that's that's getting a little overlooked in the bubble, as we say? I think the Nuggets. And I know that Michael Porter yeah. Jr. is getting a ton of credit. And he's getting all this social media hype and, and all the above. But I still don't think that people are throwing enough respect at the Denver Nuggets organization and team. Um, so for me, I got to go with the Nuggets. I think, I mean, they have a young squad of hungry, hungry players. So what they've been able to do, I think that they're also poised for a great playoff run. Um, that's gotta be my team. What about you? Do you have another one? Yeah. And I think mine is probably going to be the Oklahoma city thunder, but I think it's been like the theme of their entire season is just being like, nobody expected them to do anything. And they've still come into the bubble and have been, I mean, super successful. And I think that they're set up, I mean, it's a rough matchup with the Rockets, but if Russell's hurt, I don't know. I think that's just an interesting first matchup, but regardless, I think that they've definitely exceeded everybody's expectations, not only in the bubble, but just for the entire season in general. Yours is way more underdog than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yours is overlooked. True. What, yeah. what, what team? What, this, what team? What team do you ahead. see? Um, like, which which team do you see is on is the biggest team or upset alert in the first round, round matchup of these playoffs so far? I think it really depends on how this eighth seed in the West turns out. If the Blazers make it, I mean, oh you man, so? I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough call because the Lakers are a powerhouse. I mean, the King got AD. You also have a decent little bench. Deion Waiters has actually looked pretty good, um, shockingly, but shout out to Deion. So, I mean, I think that personally, I think the Blazers could poise to make them really kind of push their limits in terms of a first-round matchup. I think that they could go to six, maybe even seven against the Lakers um, and pull it out because, one, there's no home court advantage. The Lakers don't have any advantage in that sense. There's no fans. It's just like backyard basketball and to be honest, I got to pick Skinny Mello and Dame if I'm going backyard basketball. I mean, King James is always great. AD is always great. But um, so I think that could be a, a potential. I don't know about a upset alert, but a potential to really push the Lakers. I think mine would be um, the Mavericks upsetting the Clippers would probably be my pick. That's a good one. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's an excellent. 
Yeah, that's a good one too. One I was thinking about, um, for sure, you were talking about the uh, the Rockets and the Thunder, the storylines of that game. You had, uh, you know, Chris Paul in, in the Houston uniform, and now he got traded for Russell Westbrook. I think the storyline of that series is going to be interesting uh, for sure. But I don't know if this would potentially be a upset, but I think um, Miami should be on upset alert. Uh, um, obviously, with what, you know, TJ Warren has done and, um, you still got their coach really well with Dave McMillan and Oladipo hasn't really popped yet. Um, now, if they had Sabonis, I probably would have been more True. comfortable with this pick. But I, I think the Pacers can push this, the the heat to maybe six or seven games. I think that's the other matchup as well. But the Blazers one is interesting because what the Lakers struggle with is perimeter defense yeah. without having Bradley and Rajon Rondo. But I just don't know if they have an answer of who they're going to put on James. Because I, I do think they match up well with Nurkic, Whiteside, and Zach Collins inside with AD. But I, I think, you know, the equalizer here is LeBron. Like, I don't know if they have a, a guy that can yeah, match up with I him. agree with that. I think it's going to be tough. I think yeah. Melo's going to have to play, like, young Melo. If he, yeah. I mean, because that, that's probably going to be the matchup, honestly. It's going to be Melo on, on James. Um I would assume, obviously, speculation. Yeah. But I think that if Melo can at least somehow channel that inner Nuggets Melo, uh, you never know. Yeah, and I also yeah. I also see that even if even if Portland doesn't win the series, even if they push it to a six or seven game, that's wear and tear that you're putting on those Lakers bodies. People remember the Lakers are the second oldest roster in the league. And when you look at that, you wear them down in the first uh, series, and then no matter who they have to go against in the second round, that's the, if they possibly make it to the Western Conference Finals and have to face the Clippers or whoever, that then by, by that time are they going to be gas? Yeah, up? exactly. No, that's another great point. Yeah. And I know that LeBron says he hasn't like quite clicked in yet, but he's looking like a bit slower and just like not quite fully there. So if he's already kind of looking that way, I'm sure like playoff James will come out and it'll be fine. But there's also that that he just hasn't looked quite a hundred percent there yet. When I think of flipping the switch, he might be the greatest flipping the switch guy in a playoff I've ever seen. Obviously, you know, all that treadmill, all that wear and tear in year 17. But I don't know. I can't bet right. against him. Like, I, I really can't. And he hasn't lost a first-round playoff matchup in his And it's always so. time for a first. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think, personally, it's, it's, I think that the Lakers make it. But I do – I really believe that the Blazers can push them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, Mike, you got a good point, too, because the way it stands, if they could meet a hungry Thunder in a team in the second round or maybe a dangerous Rockets team that, you know, they space the floor, they shoot a bunch of threes, they can blow the thing open. So I think, you know, if they were to push them six or seven games, that might have might gas them for a James Harden because, again, perimeter defending, I think yeah. that's their one Achilles yeah. heel. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for sure. So I, I want to talk to you guys about, you know, your regular season MVPs, well, pre-bubble. Uh, I, I saw the pictures that you guys had. Um, talk to us about those picks and, and what was the criteria that you guys had when you were – Yeah, so for the MVP award, um, I think we both picked Giannis, if I'm correct. Yeah, we yeah, both we picked did. Giannis for it just because, I mean, he won MVP last season and then he improved upon his stats from last season, this season, obviously before the whole weird – big interim period but uh, I just think the fact that he improved upon his season last season and he was the MVP last season just kind of by default makes him the MVP again and, and also the number one record of the Bucks. Yeah. I mean so and I know yeah. that LeBron is definitely I get him being in the conversation I don't agree with the James Harden pick 
Um, I think that Luca should have been in the conversation. I think he was like three votes short or something of being in the finalists. Um, but I think that I, I get the LeBron pick too, but I just think that Giannis is more valuable to his team, which I know is like very controversial. People don't like my thoughts on LeBron, but that's my thought. Well, no, we feel the same way, though, when it comes to the MVP. I disagree with your thoughts on LeBron Yeah, probably 75% of the time. But, um, no, we both felt like Giannis and Lucas should have been the two. No offense to James and no offense to Harden. Oh, that was kind of funny yeah, when I said that. But yeah. uh, no offense to LeBron and no offense to James Harden. But I just felt like Luca and Giannis in terms of most valuable player, because that's how I look at it. I, I think it was a, maybe it was Max Kellerman originally said it was like, I look at the most valuable player – because, like, he has to be the most valuable player. It doesn't matter if he's the best player or the most important player or the highest followed social media player, whatever it is. He looks at the most valuable. So if he you were to team. take him out yeah. of his team, how would they do? And I think that if you were to take Giannis out of the Bucks, I mean, we saw it today. No, I know that they were still probably didn't really care that much. But you still saw it against the team of the Grizzlies, who you guys saw it too in the bubble, were not that exciting. And they have two really big players injured. So – uh, that was why that we picked Giannis, and that was kind of the parameters and criteria around, you know, we gave Giannis the MVP. So now, Mike, I want to hear you because we haven't made our picks. We time. haven't, yeah. And I, and I, I agree with both Chad and Steph. I'm going with Giannis for the MVP as well. I, I agree. I agree as well. I'm going with Giannis too. I'm going at, with Giannis. When you look as well. at the total body of work, and you look at the entire season, and you know, just the fact of what he's led to, he's he's gotten better from last year. His shooting has gotten better. Every, it, he looks even more dominant and mad coming off coming off what, what happened in the conference finals last year. He looks even more dominant, and he, and, and he has this team as the best record in the league. They were on pace to win sixty five plus seventy games had the season not been stopped. So yeah, I would go with Giannis as well. No disrespect to LeBron. LeBron has been great, but when you look at what Giannis has done coming off of an MVP season, I'm going to go with Giannis. Get Luka Luka Doncic was third. James Harden was in the conversation as well. You know guys like that, but. Now, nah, Giannis, Giannis is my MVP this year. Back to back. I, I, I will agree as well. I will throw another name too. I Thank think Chris you. Paul deserves recognition on this because I because you know to me, the OKC was a lottery team coming in, and for what they've done, mentoring young Shea Gilgis Alexander along with Dennis Schroeder and that three headed backcourt that they have, I, I think that you know Chris Paul, the leader, the the you know the floor generals man that he is, um, kind of revolutionized that. Oklahoma franchise and now they're what in the fifth seed nobody would have ever thought side so I, I think Chris Paul deserves a lot no I agree he was in my top five votes yeah for sure take a quick break um with you guys we come right back we're gonna pick our all first team bubble team this is gonna be interesting mm. uh the shooting guard point guard center forward and power forward so excited to see what you guys um come up with on that um so we'll be back here inside the studios at WNSC On the last segment, we were talking about um, the NBA awards going up to March 11th. But now NBA announced that they're going to give a bubble format kind of, you know, bubble MVP and, and all first team and stuff. So I'll start with you guys. Who's Who's been your uh, NBA restart MVP? 
Man, this is a tough one. This is probably like the hardest decision because I think there's two very clear options between Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. I think it's hard to go against Damian Lillard who put up a 61 point game because that's pretty insane. And also the third player in history to have three 60 plus point games in a season, which I mean, yeah. Yeah. But with that being said, we will give our co MVP to Devin Booker. D Book's been ice cold. I mean, he's been going off. It's amazing to see what he's been able to do this season. And just in the bubble, I mean, leading his team to an undefeated record when they had, what was it, like a 0.1% or a 1% yeah. chance to actually make it into the playoffs. And now he has his team in a situation where they they could, yeah. potentially, if things were to align. I mean, he's averaging, what, 31 points a game, I think like five rebounds and six assists or something like that. So he's been having an incredible bubble. I would agree. So you guys are going co-MVP. Yeah, we are. That's probably the layman's answer. <laughs> we are not decisive. What, what, what's crazy? Both lines think like as I got. <laughs> <laughs> I, All right, I, good. I think that it would. I just think that it'll be you know malpractice or a disservice to pick one over the other. I mean, Damian has been special. I, after what you know, the beef with. Patrick Beverly and Paul George, he's he's been a video game more. Like he's gone bananas right now. So um 50 plus in the last two games. And I, I, let me just say this: like Dame is the wrong person to pick on. As since coming in the league, Dame has been a winner and arguably one of the best closers in the game. And so he definitely sent PG home last year. He sent Patrick Beverly home the second year of his career. So I don't know what they were talking about. But with that being said, the Phoenix Suns 8 0 2, Devin Booker being the catalyst behind that. I'm also going to go with co MVPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, might well, we might as well round it all up because I got co MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Sebby said, you can't, you can't go pick one against the other. It has to be both because when you look at both states, it's not even just the fact that how they're dominating, it's, it's the pressure and, and the circumstances which they're applying it under. I mean, both teams are fighting for a playoff spot. Portland knew they had no room for error, no room for mistakes, no room for anything if they wanted to – any mishaps if they wanted to move on to the next level. And that, that add, that's more added pressure on it, which makes you lock in even more. And that's exactly what the Trailblazers have done, and that's exactly what the Phoenix Suns have done, especially since the situation was – like you said, you don't, you don't go at Dame Dollar. If you do, you realize you're going to find out exactly how much of a straight killer he is on the court. He, he's that type of dude. He, he brings it on the table every single game. But then when you give him added motivation and you piss him off even more, it makes him lock in. And when he locks in, we, we've seen it. He's, he's one of the best to ever do it scoring-wise, putting the ball in the hole. So, Karma's a bad thing. <laughs> oh, man, I swear it is. And, Karma's a bad thing. You know, Devin, Devin Booker is really coming into his own. People forget he's only 23 years old. The brother's young. He's yeah. got years to go. And, and and can I back up Draymond after this? Oh, like, man. I know he got fined for this. But, yeah, we got to get Devin Booker out of Phoenix. Like, okay, I, I understand, you know, they've got something really good. They got a good core nucleus of young players. I love Aiton. Rubio's brought stability on the point guard position. But, he, look, like, if he wants to be with his friends in Minnesota, if New York Knicks want him, he just needs to get out. Like, a, he's he's incredible. Like, outside of Kobe, he's the second youngest player to have 7,500 points before the age of 24. Like, he's, oh, he's It's incredible. hard to argue his pure scoring ability, but I actually – see, I feel a little differently about this. I, do, do, like, I think he should stay for at least one more year because after this bubble performance, who knows? 
I mean, you saw what they're capable of, and man, they're dangerous. So I, I don't know. It's such a double-edged sword, I feel like, because if you leave and you, like you say, go to the Knicks, eh, are you yeah. really – I don't know. So – I mean, I'm assuming like if you were to go to New York, it's a big market. He wouldn't go by himself. Bro. He would attract another, you know, free agent ally, maybe Anthony Davis, although I think he's staying or or maybe even a Donovan Mitchell. We've heard their relationship with Gobert has been, you know, fragile right now. You know, so I, I'm up. I'm in the, you know belief that you know the Knicks aren't just going to bring Devin Booker by himself because now they actually have stability Leon Rose is there Tibbs is there so true that'd be that'd be interesting to see if they kind of got almost like what the Nets got a massive package deal kind of I'm actually I'm actually on the side of him staying now because it's like you know when you have an opportunity like like this team is young and they're coming together but this a, a performance like this that they've had in the bubble can propel them for the near future. And on top of that, they already have a nice, solid young coach in Monty Williams. And right now, you, when you watch when you watch these sons in the bubble, you're looking at everything we wanted to see Devin Booker have as far as help is concerned with the Phoenix Suns. Because nothing we've seen him do in this, in this bubble is anything different than what we've seen from his entire career. We're just finally seeing some help. On on the other side, from uh, from a defensive perspective, from a, from an offense perspective, from all angles, we're seeing him actually get some help <clears> on this side. And you never know a situation. This is a very young basketball team. This this is one of those situations where an eight and zero performance in a bubble like this can propel them in the near future. I think he needs to stay a few a few more years just to see it out, just to see how where it goes. And then if it doesn't work after that, then I think he should move. But I think if for him to leave right now. I don't. I don't think this is the worst time for him to leave right now, just because of what we've seen, the progression that we've seen from the other players around him. Discussions and debates to think about. Speaking of Devin Booker, I think he's a guy that we've got on our all first team list, uh, for sure. So I'm gonna go ahead and start with you guys. Uh, what do you guys have? On yeah. Your list? So we actually kind of we wanted to switch things up and make this interesting. Whenever we do a list, we always like to be complicated. <laughs> Take our own spin. <laughs> so we actually went a small ball, all bubble lineup if you will. So for our point guard, we got Damian Lillard. You could also, Luca was such a close second. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, he went off. And then-, um, and then for shooting guard, we got D-Book. Hard to argue. Small forward, never would have thought this, but you got TJ Warren after what he's been able to do. For our power forward, we went Michael Porter Jr., <laughs> which is kind of an interesting call, I bet. And then for our center, we went Giannis. So yeah. we went small ball. Uh, but I, I kind of want to hear what you guys have to say about that because we wanted to throw it out there, a little little kink in the place. Yeah, we're, we're small ball fans. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Mm. All right, go ahead, Mike. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that list is interesting. I, I'm actually not mad at the TJ Warren pick. The only reason I wouldn't have put him there is because of that last game against the Heat when, you know, True. going against everybody. That's the only reason I wouldn't put him there. But leading up to that, I would, I'm not mad at that TJ Warren pick at all. Okay, so you'd pretty much oh, have no, the same list. Oh, no, I don't have the same too. list. My list is uh, – well, it's similar. You know, Damian Lillard is my point guard. Devin Booker is my shooting guard. I have Kawhi as my, as my small forward. It's a good I call. Have, I have Anthony Davis as my power forward, and I have uh, Giannis at, my, at center. Wow. I think AD and, and, and Kawhi, they've been under the radar, too. I think it's just – it's routine yeah. now what they do, too. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good pick. Uh, my list – I actually had Damian at the point guard. I had Devin Booker as the shooting guard, but I went small ball too. I had James Harden at the okay. point. Um, I, I think James Harden has is, is been putting monster numbers too. Like, I think we're accustomed to it now that it's just, you know, 
we're accustomed to it. Like we think it's just simple for him to do. Um, I did have Giannis at the four. Um, that was my uh, power forward. And I had Bam out about it at the five. I think Miami, it, you know, Jimmy Butler's success, rightfully so. But Bam out about it has a lot to do with that. So that was no, that's was a great addition to Bam. Five. I like that. actually. Yeah, he was, was able really, to yeah. carry the heat in a few games where Jimmy Butler sat out, too. So I agree with that one. And I will sure. also say AD was actually on our list until he put Giannis in. Uh, so that's actually hilarious. I <laughs> AD really does get slept on. Just because he's so massive yeah. and so talented doesn't mean that you still cannot or should not appreciate his greatness. Um, so, no, I agree with that. Yeah, definitely there for sure. I think that pretty much wraps it up with you guys tonight. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you guys on. We're definitely going to put your information there. If you guys want to connect with Chad and Steph from GG Talk Sports, uh, we'll have their link below. Uh, from you guys and uh, it was awesome thank you guys so much for having us on this is fun we love to talk the nba especially the nba bubble so thank you again so much and it's actually a lot of fun that we all didn't have the same answers yeah it was great to be able to kind of discuss debate and i think you guys actually kind of swayed us for a couple players so we had a great time right. we always right. enjoy getting I'm connected with y'all uh, we also really enjoy y'all's podcast so thank you for having us on and yeah if you guys ever do want to connect with us it's just gg talk sports pretty much on any social media and then a guy and a girl, oh, a guy and a girl talk sports on uh, pretty much any podcast platform. I'm 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 sensing a little GG Talk Sports post about this uh, coming up. Like, pick your all first team. Just make sure you cite your sources. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure. I Man, it might have to be a morning post. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Appreciate the energy, everybody. Appreciate. Hey, y'all have a great evening. Thank you. Appreciate the energy for sure. This every podcast radio show as we wind down. When we come back, Mike and I wrap things up. Opulent inventory, 20% off promo code podcast gets you covered. Visit our guys with the information down below. That was a great segment, Mike. Um, you know, I've always said it. It's a couple's dream, man. Trying to find somebody that, you know, that has the same knowledge and intellect in you in sports, but have the same interest in things. They, 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 they're really compatible with each other. Yeah, they definitely are. And they've used that to, to do business together and, you know, put their, put their passions in their use and they come to collab as a unit. And I think I think that's the dopest part about it as well. That that's really dope for you guys, for them as well. Nothing but the best for them in their endeavors yep. in the industry as well. I know we talked about it quickly, Mike, but I want to re revisit that the NCAA and and college football. Uh, to you, when you talk about the landscape, are we going to see college football this spring, or or will we see it this fall? How do you see on that, or maybe might we even see it at all? Um, well, I, I know it's a possibility we might see it in the spring. Um, you know, I would, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing that because, you know, all it is is a transition from spring ball to actual football in the spring. You know, but at the same time, it's a high possibility we might not see it at all because of you because of the combination you seeing, you know, these different conferences on lower levels already canceling, and it's just a matter. Of, it seems it almost it seems like we're gearing up to the point where it's a matter of time before the 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 top conferences and the PWIs and the and the main the Division One teams follow suit with what some of the lower lower levels have done as far as you know canceling the season or taking because there's no real big plan on precautions. 
Yeah, see, and you know what's crazy for me? I I, I don't think that it's going to be season. I, I've said this, I think, like early July or something like that. You're dealing with kids. You're, de- you're dealing with college students, right? You're dealing with young 18 to 21-year-olds. Even if you tell the student-athletes, you know, to stay at home, do your homework, and, and try to stay social distancing, there's something called house parties. There's something called uh, fraternities. Uh, you know, there's, they're, they're, they're not, they're not going to listen. And you're dealing with kids. You're not dealing with grown men. That's one. Uh, two, other thing is, is you've got parents involved in this. You've got minors that's involved in this. I've said that I don't think there's going to be a, a NCAA college football, college. I'll be sh- shocked if there's a college basketball. And we all love college basketball and the parody of it. But I just think that it's a dicey situation right now with the NCAA. You know, you've got conferences and you've got, you know, ADs, you know, in, in mixed views and mixed directions here. You got Dabo Swinney and Clemson wanting to obviously have a season, but you got commissioner of the ACC telling them it's a no-go. So the I know the SEC is on the same page and they're pretty optimistic about this. But yeah. I think if you do this in spring, Mike, you're going to overlap with, you know, the NFL Combine come April and May. And then you got to worry about, you know, your the senior bowl with some of your stars having not being able to play in big games come postseason time, if even if there is a postseason time. And then they got to gear up for the NFL draft. I think the best thing to me is you talk about the, the Heisman candidates, Trevor Lawrence. We know you're going top number one overall. Justin Fields, top five recruit. I think those guys should just skip the entire season. Focus on the Senior Bowl. Focus on the NFL Combine because you're going to be making big bucks next year for a franchise for all Sundays throughout the rest of your career. I, I, I just don't see it happening, Mike. Absolutely. No, I agree. I definitely see that see as a possibility. But, you know, you're talking about them possibly overlapping with the other sports and things of that nature. Well, so we, it's a possibility. We might be seeing an entire sports shift, you know, as of now because, you know, we already have the NBA starting right now through October and things of that nature with the, with this new uh, bubble. And then their new start, we don't know when the new new NBA start is going to be, whether it's going to be December or it's going to be following to next year. We we could probably potentially see an entire shift in sports in general. And this could probably just be the beginning. Yeah, this probably could be the beginning for sure. Other nudes, your homegrown Nats, uh, Juan Soto going deep. Yeah. I, I know that makes it excites you for sure on that. But talk to me about the Strasbourg thing. Talk to me about the Strasbourg thing that's been going on. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too informed on the Strasbourg situation right now. Um, it's, 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 um, well, from what I've seen, I have, he hasn't. He hasn't been playing. He's been up in the air. But I do know this: as far as my Nationals are concerned, we are a little inconsistent right now. We're up in the air. We're, um, you know, we win a couple games here and then lose a couple here, and we haven't put our foot all the way on the gas pedal and locked all the way in yet. And you know, Steven Strasburg not being in the lineup right now has a lot to do with that. I'm going to look more into the Steven Strasburg situation. But, um, you know, as far as my Nets concerned, we're, we're just a little up and, down, up and down and inconsistent right now. Yep. But I've seen this tale before, Mike. Last year, 19-31, and 31, it went on a deep postseason run. So, yep. still tough there as well for them. Obviously, your Mystics were trying to get Deladon back um, as well. Not yeah, the we... that they wanted to start off yet, but, you know, once a champ, always a champion. You can't. Did underestimate that. Yeah, you definitely can, Sebi. You know, we started all 3-0, and and I was feeling good. It looked, we looked like a dominant team ready to possibly repeat. But right now, we just don't have it, man. You, uh, the lack of depth from our top players are gone. You know, obviously, we don't have uh, Chrissy Tyler anymore. She went back to the Sparks. Natasha Cloud decided to sit out for health reasons. 
Elena Deladon sitting out for health reasons. These are some of our key players that we're missing that we needed in this lineup. And you know, our, the lack of depth is starting to show, and teams are starting to catch up to us. And they're looking to knock us off because of how dominant we've been the last couple of years. So it's, it's one of those seasons we're having right now. We're three and five. We're losing. We're losing right now to uh, the Lynx, I believe. And um, yeah, or the Sparks. I figured that would be a hard game tonight. Yeah, you know, we lose. We we lost to the Lynx the other day. We're losing to the Sparks right now. So yeah. it's. It's 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 a tough it's one of those tough seasons, Sebby. I'm not gonna lie, it doesn't look too good for us, but I can't wait till we get all our horses back next year. Yep, definitely that for sure. The one thing being the hunter, but when you're the hunted, oh man, <laughs> everything changes, Mike. Everything changes for sure. And that's how we'll wind down tonight um here on the Sebby Podcast Radio Show. The NBA playoff starts Monday, August 17th. Potentially having NFL soon. We like what's been going on right now. Stay locked in. This heavy podcast radio show. Until next time. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our itunes and spotify and remember you can stay locked in here and connected sebipodcast.info link for the latest news articles interviews and much more and remember wherever you're listening on air or online the sebi podcast is wherever you go